All right, welcome to the podcast. I think we're going to call it Peanut Butter and Mountains, but I am not quite sure yet. But today we're going to be getting into great advice for the beginner backpacker out there. This was actually originally done as a YouTube live, and I really am wanting to do that for future episodes just so I can have live questions and I can respond to them for the live and for the podcast. But anyway, this is my first one, and then this is also was made into a podcast, so go easy on me. But here we go. I got a lot of questions on my Instagram, particularly about first-time backpacking. So I have about six different topics that I kind of wanted to discuss here. And uh, like I said, I think it's going to be super valuable for some of the first-time backpackers, probably not as much for the experienced ones, but let's get into it. So Oh, also, I'm going to be taking questions at the end of this. So if you have questions, just go ahead and type them in the sidebar, and I will uh, circle back to those at the end. All right. So number one, advice for first-time backpackers. So number one, the number one thing that I think is the most valuable thing for backpackers that are just beginning is doing some sort of graduated practice, okay? And so my story with this kind of looks like where I was super scared to go out by myself, which totally makes sense, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a scary thing to go out solo, especially when you don't have any friends or anything like that. And so what I did was I ended up just camping next to my car for the first time uh, that I was ever pretty much alone in the wilderness. And you're going to be battling a lot of demons uh, when you are by yourself, even when you have the um, out in your car that's right there. And so if you can get through that night, I think that's a huge stepping stone for anybody that is wanting to then put on some miles and then go solo backpack and do like a longer trail. So that would be the first thing that I would do is camp right outside next to your car, go to a dispersed campsite. And something something to that degree. The next thing you want to do is, again, so it's graduated practice, right? So you want to keep upping the intensity or the difficulty of whatever it is that you're doing. So if you had a really good time and you had a really uh, solid time camping next to your car, um, or let me even back up. Maybe the first thing that you want to do is camp in your car. And the second time you want to go and you want to camp actually outside of the safety of your car, but, you know, with the car right there at a dispersed campsite. So the third thing you might want to do is then go and see um, some kind of trail that is within two to four miles from a trailhead. Now, most of these trails, there's probably going to be more than just you there, right? So there's going to be probably other people there. So you don't really need to worry about, um, you know, the aspect of it being solo because there's probably going to be other people there. And, So that might give you some comfort, you know, for some people, they might not like that. So maybe try to find a trail off the beaten path. But, you know, within that two to four mile range, that is a very common uh, place for people to to backpack. So you'll probably end up with some neighbors, but that could be a good thing if it is your first time. Uh, So, again, from there, you're going to want to keep just graduating the practice, getting increasing the intensity, increasing it, increasing it. And soon enough. It's going to be funny because you hear you'll hear people talk about um, you know going 20 miles or you know doing a 40 mile trip and you're just kind of like I remember being absolutely mind blown by that when I first started backpacking but when you 
start increasing and, and getting more confidence, you will eventually get there. And it's an awesome feeling. I was actually just thinking about this today when I was, uh, well, I actually took a nap because I was really tired because I just moved in because I got a new place here. We had to set everything up and, you know, I'm sleeping with the GF now in the same bed. And that is uh, a little bit tricky getting used to when I've been solo sleeping the last long time. So anyway, when you are by yourself and say when you are going on that two to four mile trip, the first one you're by yourself it is going to be, it will be a little bit freaky. So you need to know that going in, you need to know because some of this stuff will have came up when you are either doing the car camping or outside of the car. Some of that stuff will come up. And what I mean by that is like the self-talk to leave early. So you need to know what you're going to tell yourself in that situation so you don't leave early. You you don't pack it up and leave early because that can be super, super defeating. I've done it before. And as soon as you get home, it's you you want to be back out there. Like it's great when you're you're on the way out and you feel relieved, but as soon as you get into the car, you're like, wow, I just really kind of failed myself. So getting through that, having a plan for when those come up, because they will come up and they still do come up. Even for me, when I'm out on these longer trips, <clears throat> hey, I could just wrap it up right now. I could just go home. So what is going to be your uh, self-talk in that situation? Some real quick tips and we'll move on to the next topic, but two things that I really like if I'm camping by myself, earplugs and white noise. So a lot of people are like, well, why would you wear earplugs? Because you're in the wilderness. You should be able to hear the noises and things like that. I will tell you this. There's nothing scarier in the wilderness than me on zero sleep. So, and to, to be honest, really what I'm kind of looking for is, is, you know, a lot of the times when you're in the woods, you're hearing all of this, these sounds that, you know, really have nothing to do with anything, but they're keeping you awake for the entire night. And that really sucks for the next day. If you're doing a multi-day trip, it's really going to be a buzzkill if you're going to get zero sleep for no reason at all. So honestly, I would rather make sure that I'm not hearing them and uh, risk the fact that something might come, the, the highly unlikely chance that something would come in my tent and do whatever, right? Especially here in the Pacific Northwest. Now in grizzly country, that might be a different story, but I've never really backpacked through, uh, you know, Montana, Wyoming and things like that. However, I am going on the Wyoming uh, high route uh, this summer. So we'll see how that goes. The second thing that I was talking about, so white noise, white noise is great. It's like a fan uh, in real life, but out in the wilderness, I'm talking about getting next to streams. I'm getting talking, I'm talking about getting next to a waterfall any kind of white noise that would, you know, kind of breaks up the the silence of the night. Because let me tell you, it can be so silence that so silent out there that it's deafening, super hard to uh, stay asleep and try to get to sleep in that type of environment. All right, my number two is finding a mentor. Um, thank you, Ali. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> my number two is finding a mentor. So for me, what this looked like was on my very first long distance trek, I uh, 
was going for a hundred miles. And to me uh, at that time, a hundred miles was a long, long distance and it still is. But at that time, I really didn't know if I could do it or not. It was on a PCT section hike. And the first night I was having all sorts of issues and I was kind of wondering how in the hell I was going to do, you know, another week out here and, and actually last. Right. But I actually ended up meeting a PCT section hiker named Salty Dog. And this dude basically taught me the ins and outs of through hiking within the week. And it was absolutely amazing. This dude was about 68 years old and kicking my butt up and down the trail. And I was about 27 at the time. So quite incredible. Something that I recommend for people is to find that mentor. So where can you do that? Probably the most success I've had on this is actually on trails believe it or not. So when you are on a trail, obviously you, there's like-minded people there. So you can meet these same types of people. And you know, for the most part that you're going to get along pretty well, because I mean, you're out in the woods and you're doing, you know, you're staying the night in, a, in the woods. Not a lot of people really like to do that. Honestly, it's kind of a, kind of a weird thing, right? So that's one thing. The other thing I would do is Facebook groups. So Facebook groups are huge and whatever it is for your region is what I would recommend. And so basically you just type it in hiking or backpacking or in backpacking, whatever type in that you're, um, you know, you're going to be going on a certain trail looking for buddies, whatever this is. I did this for actually Mount summiting Mount hood a couple weeks ago and found a really good, uh, now a ski touring partner that I'm going to be going with for, you know, future trips. So it, the serendipitous nature of that works out super, super well. So number three advice for first time backpackers is to lessen gear. Obviously, uh, you know, when you are backpacking, I don't care what anybody says, the less stuff that you have and the less weight that you have, the more enjoyable. I just realized, and this is shaking the whole time I'm doing stuff here the more enjoyable it will be when you are out there and backpacking. So how to lessen your gear, right? So it's like, okay, I got to, I have to, um, so what I do when I lessen my gear, when I get back from a trip is I will lay out every, and this is now that I've kind of gotten into the, the swing of, you know, backpacking and things like that, I have it dialed a lot better. But what I, what I was doing at the time was I would come in and I would lay down everything that I did not use on that trip. And so, you know, that would look like everything from, I had a lacrosse ball. I had, I had a really giant jet boil for like 18 people, not kidding, but you know, a really huge one, things that I wasn't using. So I lay it out. If I didn't use it or if I only used it once, I'm going to discard that item. Obviously not your first aid kit and things like that, but it's, uh, things like that are going to, well, you start to pare down all of your gear, right? So every trip you're basically like, think of it as a filter, you're filtering and you're filtering and you're filtering until you eventually end up with a really good, what they call a base weight, of your backpacking gear. And what the base weight is, is basically the, the weight of your, you know, all of your gear besides food and water. So 
when I went on the Colorado trail this year, mine was around just under actually 15 pounds. I think it was like 14.7 or something like that, which is pretty good. It's, I think it's considered like ultralight, but it's not like the real crazy ultralight stuff, but it's really just a process of that filtering through every single time that you go on a trip. So think of every trip as another one of those filters. All right. Number four, we got what to pack for food. This is a huge uh, thing for, especially when you're starting to backpack. You're not going to be eating the same food that, that you eat in normal life. And honestly, that is one of the things that I don't enjoy the most about through hiking. It's because I, you know, in real life, I'm trying to eat as healthy as possible. And on a through hike, you are really, or, or a backpacking trip, you are literally just eating to survive and perf- and for performance in the short term. So what I mean by that is high sugar, high fat, um, high carbs. I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're super active, so you're going to be burning it all. And I like to think in my mind that maybe you aren't getting as bad of negative or as much negative effects from it as you would from say, you know, just eating that in normal life. But figuring out what's packed for food prior to going on there is going to be is going to be key. I don't really have much to say on this, but the most the the best advice I can give you is the more backpacking trips again that you go on, the better you are going to be at figuring out what to bring. Obviously, what comes to mind first are dehydrated meals, and they're absolutely great. There's a ton of calories with them. There's a couple things to consider with those. Is and that's the price, and that is the weight of them. Okay. So if you are willing to pay eight to ten bucks, sometimes even twelve bucks for one meal, you know, go ahead. And if you're willing to carry that weight, that that's totally cool. And honestly, usually I will do that for a if I'm car camping or if I'm only going for like one or two nights. But if you're going on a longer through hike of some sort, it is uh in my mind, a little bit better to go a little bit of a cheaper route. So like ramen, your norai size and things like that, and combo that up with some olive oil, whatever it is that you want to throw in there, like a tuna or chicken packet. And that would be your food for the day or for the night. Everything in between there, it's really going to depend on how much you eat kind of in real life. For me, I eat a lot. I'm trying to get into the intermittent fasting now, IF, I guess, as you could say. And, you know, that stuff is kind of um, helped me lessen my food intake during the day. So that's what I like to pack for food um, in the morning. It's basically for me on trail oatmeal. And then during the uh, subsequent hours and things like that, I have a snack. I usually have like two snacks before lunch, and then I have lunch, then I have two more snacks, and then I have a dinner. So I think it comes out to about, it's it's definitely over 2,000 calories a day. And if you're on a longer hike or a multi-day hike, you are going to be eating more towards the latter part of that hike. So that is something you want to keep in mind. That is something that we call hiker hunger. So be aware of that, especially, like I said, when you're on a uh, through hike or a multi-day hike. 
Right, right on. Good. I'm glad that uh, this is working for you, dude. Let's see here. Let me know if you have any questions. I'll come back to those at the end of this stream. So number, uh, okay. So number five, uh, so staying safe. So this is a question I get a lot too. How the heck do you stay safe when you're out there um, all alone? And, you know, honestly, I think this is related to um, the understanding of whatever it is that you are doing. So what I mean by this is I used to be absolutely uh, terrified of rock climbing. I used to be terrified of mountaineering. I used to be terrified of, well, backpacking too. But I think the more that you start to understand the particular thing in question, the less, uh, the more confident you are in under, the more confident you are in understanding it and the more confident you are in um, knowing like where, like what the safety features are, how you can be safer in the backcountry, et cetera, et cetera. So let me, let me explain a little bit more because that was a really bad explanation. Rock climbing for me, I had a buddy that was in the bouldering gym and he told me, Hey, one day I would like for you to come out and do some outdoor climbing. And I said, dude, I would never do that. Like I would maybe be a bucket list thing. You won't ever catch me outside on a, on a climb and like outdoor climb too risky, dude. That was three, four years ago. And now I've gone outside, I think three times and we're learning to lead climb in the gym on Sunday. So it's just like level of progression. And I was telling the guy because I was climbing with him last week outdoors. And I said, the more you start understanding this, the more, the safer it is in my head. Like I, I see the redundancy of the protection. I see the, um, this different safety features of, you know, the belay devices and things like that. And so the more I understand it, the less scared I was of it. The same thing is with backpacking. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people, again, will say, you know, their parents are really scared for them or whatever. And it's like, yes, that makes sense. And you got to understand it from their point of view that they have no experience with it. Um, if you took them out one or two times, they would have a better understanding of it. And they that might actually work in your favor a little bit, you know. But as far as staying safe and how to increase that confidence, especially when you are, you know, going by yourself or something like that. Uh, there's a couple things I would recommend, and one is a Garmin InReach Mini, which I have right over there on the glass sill, but that is my girlfriend's, because believe it or not, I lost mine the other day on Mount Hood, sadly. So a Garmin InReach, probably know what it is, two-way communication device. Obviously, a lot of times when you are backpacking, you are not going to be in service range, so this solves that issue by linking up to your phone and sending text messages off of their satellite, whatever. And then they also have a SOS safety feature on it that you can trigger. And basically the entire National Guard and Army and Special Forces will come and search for you, you know, and hopefully save you. So, but, you know, you only really want to use that in a dire situation, not if you're really, really tired and at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, which I believe there was a story on that before. <laughs> no, 
Number two would be obviously telling people where you're at, where you're going to be. I always leave usually a, um, I give like my girlfriend or somebody else a link of where I'm going to be at and it will go to their mapping system. So I use Gaia on that, Gaia offline maps. A lot of people use all trails too, which is good, but you can, so you can share waypoints on Gaia so they'll know where you're at. Um, and so that's, a, that's a really good way, obviously sharing your itinerary. When I go on the really, really long through hikes, I actually, a, a lot of through hikers, a lot of old school through hikers don't really do this. And, or a lot of the more seasoned ones, I should say, don't do this, but I like to create an itinerary because I like to have a backstop, something as like a, it was like a handrail for if I start to get off track and start to, um, lose time. So you know, a lot of us here aren't really um, in the position. We're, we're still working or something like that. So when you're on a through hike and you're planning those, you kind of have to have it done by a certain day. And so I like to create an, a rough itinerary guide. And so I know like if I'm, you know, if I'm behind in my mileage or if I'm kind of ahead in my mileage, I know where I'm at and that I'll finish within a certain time frame. And then I obviously I will leave that with the other person. The last thing that I'll touch on with this is because I have a lot of actually, especially on TikTok, on Instagram, I have a lot of women followers on there. And a lot of them have asked, you know, staying safe as a woman is, you know, it's different than a male. And it totally is. Um, And so some of the same things that I just talked about here would work. The inreach, telling people where to go. I know, um, especially if you're in Colorado, I actually know a woman over there that's doing a women women's only hiking group. And actually, I've been seeing a lot of those pop up lately on Facebook. So that might be something that you want to check out as well. So women only Facebook Facebook groups. I would also consider uh, like what I always tell my girlfriend when she goes out by herself is like, dude, like the pepper spray, it's super small, you know, or something like to that degree, I think would go a long, long way. Um, I had some other tips too, that I actually filmed for TikTok and I can't remember what those are. So I'll have to edit those into (laughs) my longer form video when I actually post this live stream. But Yeah. So definitely, it is definitely different than a male though. And so you have to be a little bit more cognizant. And again, I've gotten a lot of DMs from uh, women that say um, they do struggle with this. And so I am trying to work on some solutions to try to figure out uh, some different ways to help in that area too. So number six was, Uh, okay. Well, I guess I already went over this, how to talk to your parents about solo backpacking. So I already said this, I guess before, (laughs) I guess I'm just redundant with it, but yes, when people have the concerns, I would really, uh, encourage you to try to get them out there and experience it for themselves. And from that, they're going to have way more of an understanding of what it is that you're going through. And therefore they will, know like the, the, what you're doing to stay safe. They'll know that, you know, a lot of times, again, we build things up in our heads to be a lot worse than they are. I know that I do that with a lot of things. And so trying to get them to experience it, take them on a hike, take them on an overnight, um, would be what I would do to have other people understand it a little bit better. 
Uh, but probably the best thing that you can do is like and subscribe this to this video. You know, that's probably the best thing you could do uh, to stay safe in the backcountry. <laughs> so if anybody has any questions, let me know. And we will uh, check them in the box. I'm glad that this... So this is great stuff, planning first backpacking trips. Yes, I love it. So if nobody has any other questions, I'll stay on for another little, little bit here. But yeah, so basically this is just kind of a, uh, this is basically a prelude to my first podcast that I'm just going to kind of wrap these lives up, put them in a podcast form so people can listen to it that way. Um, however it is that they prefer, put it also as a YouTube video and things like that. Um, if you have any other recommendations of things that I should put in a podcast or things to touch on in a video, let me know what I'm looking at for future videos. We got a lot of stuff here, a lot of stuff here coming up and hopefully I'm going to be getting some of my loser friends on as well to do some of this stuff with me, but nobody ever wants to buy their, the podcast stuff or the uh, microphones, but some episodes we got coming up. Let's see what we got here. Let me take a drink. Podcasts we got coming up are some things on injury prevention. So we're going to be going over like mobility, strength training, warming up, doing too much too fast. This is going to kind of encompass everything from trail running to hiking to through hiking to all of that kind of stuff. And I'm going to actually put together like a little follow along mobility video as well on my YouTube uh, because I think it's super powerful. I don't, I think people get, um, some people do are doing the strength training and things like that, which is great. You absolutely need it. But we really need to get that mobility down as well if we want to uh, stay injury free, which really is my uh, you know long term goal, especially with all of the stuff that I do. And we're going to be getting into how to get outside in the winter. We're going to be going over like the different things that I like to do to stay occupied in the winter because let's face it, winter everywhere kind of sucks. If especially if you don't have a winter sport, and I've been that guy before. Getting into nutrition for backpacking and trail running. So we'll be going over uh, what is called a bonk. And a bonk simply just means when you are low of calories and you um, you basically hit a wall where you can't really go any further. You're super tired. You're super lethargic. And uh, happened to me quite a bit this summer trail running on some long trail runs. Trail runs. And it also happened to my buddy Brent. So we're going to be sharing those stories. We're going to be really getting in. I know we touched on it a little bit, but we, you're going to be really getting into the specifics of the foods that you want to consume during some things like this and how many calories you kind of want in an hour. And then really the difference between backpacking and optimal trail running uh, foods. And then if you are an Oregon native, we'll be getting into some or really good, the best Oregon backpacking adventures and trail runs. So that'll be a good one, especially if you're in the Pacific Northwest. I'm going to add in actually Washington there as well. Another episode will be different backpacking styles. So when I talk about that, it's going to be 
when you start backpacking, you're going to be kind of, you can kind of, Andrew Skirka, who's way more experienced than I am, coined this term of, you know, when you are out backpacking, you're either a camper or you're a hiker. And so what that means is the hikers will like to walk all day and they will try to um, get as many miles as they can before they go to sleep. Whereas a camper, they enjoy like doing smaller miles, but they enjoy like the scenery of the campsite. Whereas the hiker isn't that picky. They'll just kind of set up camp wherever. So we'll talk about those different backpacking styles and optimal um, things to do with each of those. And VYNFYI, I don't know what it means. Let's see, what else do we got here? Yeah, so basically from Instagram, we got a ton of stuff. I actually reached out to my followers there. We're going to be talking about prep for climbing, post-hike depression. That's a big one. Best short, long-distance trail to complete in two weeks or less for people with jobs. Big one there. Some off the top of my head would be the Tahoe Rim Trail, John Muir Trail, Wonderland, the Uenta High Line. Possibly the long trail. Talking about people giving their opinions on Facebook uh, groups. That's always funny. We'll do lightning at high elevations. We'll be getting into a lot of split boarding in the backcountry and how to start that. Man, that was a heck of a heck of a thing to learn. Let me tell you, when I was trying to buy all my gear this summer and everything was backed up and I couldn't figure out what I needed and pucks and this and that whole different language with split boarding, but super glad I got into it. And it's been a blast this winter. I've definitely got my money's worth out of it. Best way to navigate trails. So what kind of mapping system, Caltopa, Gaia, Gut Hook, which is now called Far Out. So thanks for that. Avalanche awareness, especially if you're recreating in the winter, you're going to have to know that kind of stuff. And I have a couple good resources for that. And then just some of my, um, own experiences. We'll be getting into a little bit of social media and um, how to grow your brand, especially if you're trying to do an outdoor brand, which I'm still learning as well. (laughs) And then, yeah, so we got book reviews. We got top three trails to hike, mentality when planning and doing hikings. Uh, Anyway, uh, favorite trail shoes, long trail run, logistics, car camping, stuff like that. So that's what you have to look forward to. Not today, because we're already at 30 minutes, but in the future, that's what I'll be doing in these live streams, in these podcasts. So if nobody else has any questions, we will log off. Appreciate everybody um, on the live stream and uh, coming in and talking. I guess we only had two comments. So we'll try to, we'll try to increase the engagement as we go on. Cause that's, what's going to really kind of drive this, I think, uh, is trying to answer the off the cuff questions. So if you have any questions, just let me know. We'll get to you. But for today, we're going to toodaloo. Everybody have a great weekend and, uh, we'll talk to you later.